Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back for another week of Teach Tapes with Steve Hauser, who has a fine eye for the details. And when you look at details, he said something to me before we got started. It's about reducing the gray areas as much as you can. And I love that idea that the more you can put into how you're looking at, how you're drilling, how you're evaluating and correcting technique, the more you're going to get out of your players. And we're looking at explosive plays this week. We're continuing on with explosives, and today we'll focus on the pass and how things like route running, matchups maybe created by scheme as well as formations start to clean up that picture, start to make it black and white when you apply the details and the techniques to it that Coach has been able to pull out here. So, Coach, thanks for joining us again for another week, and I know you have a thought here from Sean McVay to kick us off and get us started on this conversation. I appreciate it, Keith. And, you know, everyone's got their own way of slicing up the picture. I mean, moving your pieces around the chessboard. But at the end of the day, someone's got to beat somebody else. And you always want to be on that side of the equation. And, you know, again, just trying to listen to all these different guys and their experiences, came across a thing from Sean McVay talking about Matt Stafford. said, at the end of the day, the difference between a good and a great quarterback is how they perform on known passing downs. When the chips and the guy has the pen on the board last, how can you maximize your opportunity and take what's given, right? Because, you know, if you look at even the Patriots game, I, I fall on those pro situations. I mean, you think Bailey Zappi thought his first situation in the NFL was going to be backed up on the road in Green Bay versus Aaron Rodgers. And you can see Belichick tell him, just don't give away the football, right? Now, obviously that kid played better the more snaps and more downs he had, and they had a chance to win it at the end. But that's, again, how do you put one player in a position to succeed they had him under center to start. They scrapped that, put him in the gun, be like, hey, that was the Brian Hoyer game plan. Now we got to figure it out with somebody else and get this game done. We're going to focus on route running here to kick things off. And you know, speaking of the Rams, I think a guy who does an incredible job with his route running and on the other side of things is getting it done on known passing downs. You go back to the Super Bowl, there was no question who the ball was going to and they did everything they could to defend him, and he still made plays. So Cooper Cup, you saw it last night and some of the things he did. You see it every week from the guy. But it's about the details, right? It's about the route running. That guy certainly continues to get better and better at those things and understands the importance of it, if you ever heard him talk about all his different approaches to it. And I know 
you know, right off the bat for you, starting out in Cleveland, you were exposed to, I think, a very detailed coach in, in Joker Phillips. So you have some things to share with us that you picked up there. Yeah, and it was interesting just sitting in those draft meetings and, and how he evaluated guys at the top of their route. He said there's three types of cuts, period. There's a stick cut, which is the top of the route, stamp with the slant, getting your foot outside of your framework, giving a little head nod, and staying on the run. There's a speed cut where you're rounding it, playing negative, playing friendly back to the ball, or a power cut, right? You're coming down, you're compressing, right, your hips and your knees and making sure you can put your foot in the ground and get back towards that football. So understanding where that fits but any of those routes, you're always trying to threaten that DB's leverage, press the blind spot, step on his toes, and even just some of the things that came out through these reps. I mean, I watched, I think it was 65 or 70 routes in the Big 12 in this week five, just seeing the different conference, different style of play than the SEC run game. But you, you even watch like a go route versus off coverage. I think going back a few weeks, there was an NFL example. It was against Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen breaks contain and, and he's playing the sticks. He's like, go run by me. Jalen Ramsey's like, go run by me. And Stefan Diggs does, and he catches it in the end zone. He lets him know about it because on film study, Ramsey's playing the hell out of the sticks on third down. And Diggs is like, I told you I'd run by you, and I did. Well, I I'm watching, you know, the Cowboys versus Baylor, and, you know, there's a great play into the boundary of them just running wide cross from the field, and, and everyone's starting with that, you know, yes, no, go ball. And, well, Braylon Johnson, kid ran a, I don't know exactly what it was, but 400, 100. He was one of the fastest kids in the state of Texas, and now he's got another 20 pounds of muscle. He waxes off that guy, steps on his toes, works the stack, and holds his line, and the quarterback trusts it. He puts it 40 yards on the bottom of the numbers there, and let's ride. Like, take that yes, no. So it doesn't matter if you're, every route's vertical until it isn't. So I think whether you're running that stop, the curl, the out, it's all about threatening that guy's leverage. And we can talk about some more drills, but I think just the concept of, running that leverage, staying fast, and using that DB's leverage against them. Yeah, well, I think this is an area where drills are very important. I mean, you look at receivers and had Brian Hartline on before the season, you've got to keep those guys in small spaces, right? They run a lot already with their reps. You mentioned, you know, there was a time during the season that you know, Mickey came out and his staff were watching the catapult said, so your guys are done for the day, right? They've run enough, right? So you have to consider how do we teach these techniques, these little things that are going to happen within these longer runs for these guys to make it right. So what are some of the things that, that you saw and you have put on teach tapes? Yeah, one of the best things is, I mean, again, we say taking the air out of the drill. I had to navigate that in the punt and kickoff coverage. From a receiver standpoint, the first thing you're talking about is how do you compress and go from, again, a long stride to a short stride and change direction. Chad O'Shea, the receivers coach for the Browns, he had a great drill I saw during the OTA time. So he's going through with Amari Cooper and Jabari Grant and all those guys, Peoples Jones, and he's literally pushing these guys and they're falling their shoulders over themselves and they have to put their knee in the ground and get back. Like they're literally catching themselves at the break point and then having to reconnect and get back towards the ball. There's a really good drill of that. I mean, there's another thing, Aaron Moorhead for the Eagles, He's having these guys come down and literally slap that hand to make sure they're getting close enough to the DB's blind spot in that back hip where now they're redirecting. He ran a curl. They ran a spot working straight down the stem. Or for the speed cut, the Bucks are doing a great drill of having that heavy bag where you know you're going to bend back around the hoop 
So now your vision's blocked off and you've got to now toe touch along the sideline. But again, it's showing you that path. And again, that ball is going to be in your right peripherals. So you got to be able to see it a little bit better. And then even just the stick route of being able to go fast feet and redirect and press on an angle on your insteps and get out. There's a great rep of Rob Moore with the Titans going through when Julio got there last year and going again, fast feet, fast feet, fast feet. I mean, it's impressive. It's like a machine gun and then bang, right? Knee goes outside of his hips. He's got the little head nod and it's sudden out. And then he's back into the fast feet and they're doing that little slalom Z until they come out flat down the line and they're not drifting. So again, three different aspects of power, speed, and a stick cut, kind of using that framework that Joker laid out for me back in the day. Okay, so getting a little bit more granular with this, right? We've talked about drills where you take the air out of them, work certain things. You know, now you get into seeing these guys and how they're applying this. And let's start on the outside, some of the technique you've seen in some of these games on the outside and the different, uh, you know, not getting into scheme, but obviously when details are executed correctly within a scheme, they start to work. So tell us what you saw here. Yeah, and it's really nice. You can think classic drop back passing game. Everyone's got their Y cross in the the backside curl as the last route in the progression. Well, you know, a lot of times people will tag that backside post when the safety's, you know, getting dragged over. He's matching that guy across, and now you've got all that grass. Well, that's the same world of working to step on toes, threaten that backside, that far outside hip, and now I'm sticking and playing it vertical, right? I want to stay thin, not get into all of that area where where that other safety previously was. So there's the drop back component of, again, stepping on toes and knowing the spacing of where you're going to be. The other side is the more current RPO game where now that front side, outside zone action, people are watching that safety. Hey, he's that unblocked man coming into the run fit. Well, now the quarterback's keeping his base and ripping that thing. And now we're on a five-step glance, right? And that ball's coming and It's a huge run after catch opportunity. There was another Browns rep where they had the long arms with the little pencil arms on the end and guys working to snatch that ball and tuck it and make sure you're putting that thing to the far side of where the ball was. So now you're not getting that hand through the DB. You can work vertical because guys, if it's quarters and that boundary safety is unblocked, there's nobody else besides you and green grass in that corner who's on your back. So that glance with the RPO has been a huge run after catch opportunity. The other side of it is, again, using that that counter back. Texas, I believe it was, had it in the red zone score zone there with number eight, Worthy, and now they ran a full turn protection on the play action, and they ran that little swirl, um, again, that negative angle back to the front pylon, and, I mean, it's stealing because now they're overplaying the glance, trying to cut it off, and that kid has all the space in the world to play friendly back to the ball as kind of the counter off of it. So, just some interesting ways to, to utilize it in a couple of different types of schemes. Now on the inside, you get these dynamic guys and think at first glance, well, these guys have a lot of room to operate and a lot of freedom to do things. But, you know, it's still these guys have to be pretty detailed in how they operate in order to get open because it is about, you know, the space that they're working in and making sure that they have maximum room for that ball to go to to create some of those run after catch opportunities. Yeah, and and again, thinking about moving inside now towards those inside receivers, that same post we were just talking about of replacing and staying away from those safeties. Well, now everyone's got that world where you sell the hard seven-man play action, 
the single to the boundary is running, you know, we called it a collect curl where he's really diving in and grabbing that boundary safety and occupying him. So now you have a different version of that same post, but now you're isolating the inside receiver on the field safety and you got all that green grass to the far hash. So you want to take a fatter angle now and that quarterback's going to put it out in space for a true play action shot. Now, the other side of the inside receiver stuff is using the leverage of that safety. And I can take a corner and, you know, some people are doing the, the Baylor theory stuff of stop, go post, stop, go corner. And now you're giving that guy a three-way cut to really isolate him there. You know, you could also, again, we're talking formations and alignments of, of opening these guys up. You know, obviously those inside receivers, a lot of times you're going to be those twitchier, smaller bodies who are, you know, the point guard. You know, when I was in Cleveland in the front office, we talked about your receiver room. You want it to be like the starting lineup of a basketball team. You got to be able to create and score in different ways. There was years at Oklahoma State, you know, we were only going to take a kid that was 6'3 and above because we were replacing those bigger bodied outside guys. Right? There's other years we had to take an inside guy. So you're thinking of how do we create with the ball in our hands, the Warriors going small ball and just being able to change the pace. I think I've heard Michael LaFleur say it a similar way when he's talking about it with the Jets now. But again, that option route on the interior, we talked about a change-up release, right? A little bit of a skippy action and letting that play out and then snapping it off. There's a great clip on Teach Tapes. You go teach receiver of Joe Lombardi, grandson of, of Vince, as the OC of the Chargers now with Brandon Staley and, you know, telling those guys not to put too much sauce on it. Like, you don't want that thing to be ridiculous. Like, you got leverage, take it. Like, don't be greedy. Like, go play fast. You, you know when you have to break across a space. But if you got leverage, just go. So I think that's interesting of how do you let these guys stay fast? And, again, a lot of these big plays that I saw were, were guys running away from man coverage, right? Because now there's open space and you've got clearing routes. You know, not to, to go off on a tangent, Keith, but, you know, I think we mentioned it as like a clip of the week before, you know, Eric Yarber with the, with the Rams talking about a love of the game route. Right, Cooper Cup in the NFC Championship, his job was to drag that safety out there running, you know, we called it pin or gin or whatever, a going and in or a post and an in. And he's trying to open up that, that outside receiver. Well, zero two man, he's the guy going through the pipe, blowing and going. Well, there's that same, you know, love of the game route on that backside collect curl when we talked about that big open field post coming from the inside receiver on that seven man shot. So, Again, there is technique, but you have to understand what your role is within the concept and how your technique can highlight you the best way for the quarterback. Coach, we're talking play-action shots here, so a big part of that and getting the big play potential is what the quarterback does in selling the run fake. So how are we coaching that, and what do you have as examples for us? I mean, I think one, one thing that's never going to get old is, is listening to Peyton Manning talk through quarterback play. And he's done some great things with NFL films over the years of, you know, he has a clinic with the, the Tennessee staff where he's in the building. A lot of people have seen that. There's another thing where he's with Adam Gase and, you know, the late Greg Knapp of going through and it's like OTAs and Manning, you know, had just finished working with David Cutcliffe and pouring into his craft there. And he's looking at literally OTAs from the other day of quarterback running back exchange and showing some play actions. He's like, Hey, this, this action's too fast by the running back. I got to make sure I present that earlier because there's no fullback. Like he's going into the minutia of how am I really going to sell? He's like, forget the receiver. I'm the one that's going to open up the receiver with my action and really taking ownership of that side of the opportunity. 
you know, there's another clip that the QB collective does a great job of highlighting their coaching candidates. And back in the day, that was McDaniel. He's going through it with the high school guys on the board. And his term was show, right? Snap that ball back and then set up. So he said the three S's, right? So talk about showing that thing for days and drawing the linebackers to the mesh point. So now you've got maximum spacing to place the ball in a great spot for the receiver. So to, to bring it back to this week five, Baylor has done a great job of that. I mean, they're working with the, the running back out of the pistol and selling that wide zone look. And then the quarterback's looking backside in the score zone on a slant or a glance or, or some sort of drag getting back into vision and really having a lot of space in those tight quarters for a one-on-one -on -one opportunity along the back of the end zone. So I think it all kind of plays together of Manning, McDaniel, and you know a current rep in the Big 12. Yeah, what's interesting with the QB collective guys, and and all of those guys had their you know their start in Washington. Amazing what came out of that year. Not a winning year for Mike Shanahan, but certainly a a year that uh, I think grew his legacy with all these guys. So you do hear all of them talk about the three S's in the way to sell those run action fakes, those play action fakes, and you know they they're drilling it out on the field with some of the best high school quarterbacks in the country. So yeah, definitely uh, the details there are important how it works. And, you know, again, kind of getting into uh, the framework of how this fits within the scheme without getting into scheme, you know, RPO was another one. You saw basically a, a first level, second level and third level keys this week and some details that you can give us on that. Sure. And again, it's, you know, we talked about it last week in detail but the players formations plays piece and not to get too deep into that but you know you got Iowa State and Texas and, and their current quarterbacks are not mobile guys and they're still finding a way to control that backside end and through alignment or through motion they're finding that inside receiver on the divide zone action and now they're throwing that shoot route into him instead of the quarterback being the player having this ball in the hand around the edge um, and Iowa State did it through a shift Texas did it in a, in a tight, condensed bunch alignment that wasn't given away that opportunity to be like, hey, red flag number you know, 19 is the one on the, on the hip position there. But just being creative and, and making sure that you don't got some guy lumbering around there that shouldn't just set somebody else up for the opportunity. You know, we kind of talked about the third level with the glance in the, the RPO game off the safety. I saw Texas Tech doing it pretty creatively. You know, they're isolating the middle safety. That Iowa State, you know, Kansas State's doing some of that against Tech. Last week, they were reading the, the middle safety in from the number two position. Again, that's the unblockable player. Well, now they're leveraging it off of him running that glance that we talked about earlier, but from the inside to get it against the right player. Now, the second level area might be a little bit more old school and box count outflanking that support player as the overhang. You know, just some great job with the ball placement. You know, Texas Tech's done it all the way back in the day when Cliff was there. You know, you're watching their, their kind of openers in a standard for them when, heck, I'm, I'm going to date it here, but they had Jason Morrow at tight end and, you know, Jabari Grant as that smaller player, but two mismatch on the interior, and they would throw a shoot route right along the line of scrimmage and just block those guys out there as the, the one and two widest receivers. So making sure in the Texas Tech example from this week, he actually threw it on his inside shoulder to make that guy open his hips and get back north-south so he's not running towards the sideline and losing yardage. Texas did it in a different way. They're in 12 personnel, and they've got their receiver as the inside piece of the bunch, 
and then they arc release their two tight ends, and they're the lead blockers on the bubble from a condensed set. I thought it kind of hit my brain well because, you know, the receivers coach I worked with at Oklahoma State, you know, we always talked about receiver splits and just making sure you understood the concept. Like, if we're running an inside, inside zone play, be a little bit extra with your split drag that guy out, like save yourself the blocking. Like if we're running an outside zone play, we're running a fast flare screen, tighten that split. You don't want all that space when the ball's coming back outside, draw that guy into you because either we're going to run the edge or it's going to hit that stress and puncture faster. Like we kind of talked about in the KOR. So Texas did that from a bubble. They outflanked the defense and they had personnel of two tight ends from a condensed set getting out and away in the drill side of it from teach tapes. Teach QB, there's a couple different clips. Again, I mentioned Manning working, you know, with David Cutcliffe and you know how important he said that development was for him and Eli. Just getting back into it of how to get the ball quickly out of his hand. You know, he's working from under center stuff. You know, there's different clips of of Kyler working with Arizona and from the gun, just ripping those spit outs. Justin Fields going through some drop back, uh, not drop back, quick game progressions of just one step, flipping his hips and get it out there. And the Titans, there was a really good rep from training camp last year. It might even have been like one of the backups. I think it was like Logan Woodside from Toledo and going through his three-step drop back game out of the gun and hitting those different landmarks of the progression to the equipment managers downfield. But as soon as he hits one, we got another ball, get in your stance, get ready to go. And he went one, two, and three. So again, getting the ball out of your hand, that rhythm and timing with your footwork and your eyes, you can do that in a pretty condensed set for the quarterback to how do we understand our progression, whether it's a spit out or more of that old school drop back. Well, Coach, that was a great review of some of the explosives from this week as, lo- as well as the details that go along with them to create them. And we're going to put those in on at Teach Tapes. You'll be able to see those curated uh, in moments there. So those will be up uh, when this airs. And uh, we'll also put that in our show notes at coachingcoordinator.com. We'll put a link, uh, and you'll be able to see those in your description on whatever app you use. Also, you can go to coachingcoordinator.com to get those as well, at Teach Tapes and coachingcoordinator.com. So, Coach, thank you again for all the work you put into this and the detail that you put into it. And uh, we'll continue on with the season, another exciting week of football as we look for more of these opportunities to teach technique awesome well let's see what this week brings up keith looking forward to it